Hallelujah. We thank God one more time for giving us today. A blessed day for us. Amen. And we also thank God for what he's doing in the life of our young ones. I get so happy for you because you're getting to have a brighter future. When you sit under the feet of the Lord and God uses Jesus Christ to show you how to live a better life, it tells you that you have a better future. And Bible talks about the old and the young. And as the old one, we sit down and we see some of the things that God is doing through you, we get happy. And as the scripture says, the old will get a vision and throw it onto the young. And the young will use their strength as the eagle to carry it out. We will avail ourselves as the old, that every vision and every enlightenment that God put on us, we will throw it on you so that you'll be able to carry it out whilst we are not around. Thinking about our grandchildren that are coming out of you. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you, keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. No matter whatever comes your way, keep it up. Hallelujah. Because had it not been the Lord, some of us would have been dead. Sometimes I think about some incident that I never forget that we should have died in that incident. That Thinking about our youthful time, not even a youthful time, in the youthful time and the growing up, whilst we, 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 we were swept off, I will start my, minutes, my message quick, swept off under the feet of the Lord in Sunday school, so good in Sunday school, doing all these memory verses and sometimes getting the some awards. I remember my Sunday school teacher, he loved me so much. And how since secondary school time, I was away from the Lord, after the university, away from the Lord, and almost died. And I think how God has brought me back. And I tell God, I never want to go back again. Hallelujah. So when I look at what the Lord is doing in your life, it is very challenging. Very challenging in the, in the, in the youthful stage, adolescence, is a very challenging stage. Because I learned, I learned that at that time, there's a part in your brain, the pleasurable part of your brain is more stronger than your judgmental aspect of your brain. So automatically you end up enjoying more pleasure even before you judge whatever you do. And it's a very challenging situation at that stage because their brain, their brain empowers them to do things they don't want to do. So when you find yourself under the feet of the Lord and God is carrying you and letting you, all this anointing flow to you, all this worship to touch heart flow to you. We have to thank God for that. Hallelujah. And we encourage you, keep it up, keep it up, so that you can carry the mantle when we are not around. Amen. I've started talking to my children about my grandchildren. Started talking to them about that. I don't concern about, I'm talking about the children they are going to bring in the world. So everything I teach them, I tell them, I want you to do it so that you also do it to your children. And they will stand there and be looking at me and know that that is right. Amen. So God bless you. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Amen. We thank Elder Ben so much for what he is availing and presiding elder. All the elders, the role, everyone, our weaknesses, the role that we put into these young ones. We, we thank God. We have to appreciate what God is doing. We have to appreciate that because children are losing, the youth are losing their life. 
So we want to encourage you. We want to encourage you. And about the scriptures, what I want to encourage with the scriptures is that don't just memorize, meditate the scripture. Because you can remember the scripture based on what you receive out of the scripture. So when you meditate the scripture, the life that you receive out of the scripture will help you to remember the scripture. Hallelujah. That is the best way to remember your scripture. So meditate and whatever God teaches you out of the scripture will always rekindle or recall the scripture into your mind. Some of the scriptures that I learned in Sunday school, I still remember them now. He's been with me for that time. Amen. So God bless you. Let's get on to the business for the day. Amen. Yeah, so um, we, uh, God has given us a journey this year. I'm beginning to uh, let, bring your attention that we are on a journey this year with a theme, um, equipping the church as an army to possess the nation. And I don't want you to just be hearing messages about this theme. In fact, every year we had a theme. But what God laid on my mind to bring attention to it is that you get to know that as you traverse through the theme in the year, you get to know that the theme is equipping your mind. The theme is equipping your mind in some way that by the end of the year, you have, the theme has grown you to some point that your life is not the same. Amen. So I'm bringing your attention to all the messages that come along uh, or come our way to, I mean, bring you to the fullness of attaining or receiving whatever the theme was given to us for. Amen. So pay attention to that. Every message that comes, I see that Ben has started teaching about the gift of the giftings of the Lord. It tells you how the role of the gift in possessing, the role of the gift is very, very important. And I'm believing that as we traverse, God will bring some of these things in our way for us to understand things better. And your Christian life will be a real life for you and your relationship with God himself. Amen. We aim at you having a pers- understanding things to be able to have a personal relationship with God. You go to God to pray in your own desire. You desire to be God, not that somebody wants you to pray. Not that somebody wants you to memorize scripture. But you find God as your everything and you go to him in your own desire. And open up to God and God will be able to pour in you. Amen. So let's bring our mind to that. that The messages don't come and just go. They don't come and go. But we are allowing the message to equip our mind in particular and perfect us. That we will see a change in our own life. We don't have to call beside any other when the situation comes. You were equipped to be able to attend to the thing yourself. Amen. So let's get into the, the job for the day. I'm speaking today on um, my theme is the mind of Christ to possess. The mind of Christ to possess. Let's look at our foundational scripture, the uh, Hebrews chapter 13, 20. Oh, we don't. Oh my God, it's good. So I think. Uh, this situation is speaking to us to be able to do something as a church, have a generator, standby generator, that we cannot let some of these things stop us. Amen. It's always good to be proactive. Okay, Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 to 21. If you open for me, you can read because uh, my, uh, my Bible is small and I have to have my, both of my hands on it. Sound up good. Thank you, God. Yes, I like because I want us to see 
the scriptures together and then we can meditate together. Hebrews chapter 13, 20 to 21. Uh, now the God, I believe now we all know these scriptures. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Yeah, go ahead. The next one, 21. Make you perfect in every good work to do his will in in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. This is where our theme was carved from. So uh, I, I want us to have a generalized picture of what God wants us to achieve from the scripture. And that is why most of the time I, I want us to read the scripture. And what the last time we met we we learned from the scripture was that uh, verse 20 he said the god uh can you go back to the verse 20 because i don't want to misquote verse 20 please god of peace talking about god of peace that brought again from the dead god who brought jesus christ our great shepherd jesus our great shepherd through the blood of the covenant so he's talking about god jesus and what God, the purpose why God brought Jesus alive, and the purpose through which He, he brought, um, He gave, uh, he, he gave us the covenant through Jesus Christ, and that is what is outlined in the verse twenty-one. So go to twenty-one and let's look at that purpose. Twenty-one, verse twenty-one, what God wanted to do through Jesus Christ. He says He's going to make you and I perfect in every good work to do His will. And God is also going to work in us to please him and uh, that, to, that which is well-pleasing in his sight. And he's going to do all these things through Jesus Christ. And that is why he rose Jesus Christ up. And that is why he gave us his blood. That through him, we will have a covenant through Jesus Christ. We will have a covenant with him, the Father. And we have the, his peace, the peace of uh, God. And he says, you're going to do, for us to be able to well please God, for us to be, be able to do his will, he's going to teach, use Christ to give us examples, Christ to do it for us, so that we can apply what Christ did for us to be able to please him. So it shows how much, um, the amplified version, give me the amplified version, give us a very good explanation of the theme the if we have the amplified version if not we can go ahead for the sake of time but it shows what the intent is there it says yeah yeah the 20 okay let's equip you with every good okay now may the god of peace the source of serenity and spiritual well-being who brought up from the dead you see god brought jesus out from the dead that great shepherd jesus christ the great shepherd through the blood that sealed and rectified the eternal covenant. 21. 21, quick. Equip you. This is the equipping of the team. Equip you with every good thing to carry out this world and strengthen you, making you complete and perfect. Complete and perfect as you ought to be. Accomplishing in us that which is pleasing in his sight. And look at it one more time. You're going to do all these things through Jesus Christ. To whom 
be the glory forever and ever. So it, it tells you and I that for us to be able to please God, for us to be able to do all these good things, we cannot take away Jesus Christ from our life. We cannot do it without learning from Christ. Hallelujah. Because God is going to use Christ to teach us how to do it. Praise the Lord. So it's for me now, all my Christianity is, is summing up to Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I read the Bible with Christ in mind. And it shows me how I'm supposed to have, live my life and how my mind is supposed to be. How I'm supposed to do things. As you read the Bible with Christ in mind. Praise the Lord. So let's look at something in First Peter chapter 1, verse 20. First Peter chapter 1, verse 20. So now at least we know what God wants us to develop ourselves in for the entire year. He using Christ to grow us so that we become perfect, spirit, soul, and body, as we discussed last week. Your, our spirit being perfect, our, our soul being perfect. When we talk about perfect, we come into fullness or wholeness. And then our body being perfect, accomplishing the work of redemption. Because when your spirit is perfect and your soul is not perfect, there, there will be one will be undermining each other and will be, we will not be able to accomplish or live to the glory of God as God has intended to. Amen. So he's going to use Jesus Christ to perfect us, to bring us to eternal glory, fullness of Christ, so that we can please him. Our first Peter chapter 1, verses 20. Is it verses start from the 20, 2021? He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in this last time. Talking about Jesus Christ, goes to 21, 21. Who through him believed in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope. Ah, in God. Since, no, just, just let's, let's end in the, the, the 21. So, the 21 is saying that um, through, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. So, God is showing you how you can have faith in him. And how did he do that? He raised Jesus Christ from the dead. So that the testimony of Christ's resurrection will be able to give you faith in God. He worked through Jesus Christ so that the examples of Christ, the obedience of Christ, the results of Christ will be an example to us or be a guide to us and grant us faith to have relationship with God. Hallelujah. So it shows how God is trying to work through Jesus Christ to accomplish whatever he needs to do in our life as humanity. And as a matter of fact, fulfill the work of redemption. Hallelujah. So we saw that for us to be able to come to the fullness of Christ, it has to be our spirit has to be whole our soul has to be whole and our body has to be whole. Then we can become like Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8. Let's look at Romans chapter 8 very quickly. 
Romans chapter 8, verses 28 and 30. Romans chapter 8, verses 28 and 30. I want you to know how Jesus Christ has to be your guide in this journey of Christianity. How you learn to live the Christian life by looking at, by having Christ as an example. By having, depending on what Christ has done. And when you see the example, then the example shows you what you also have to do to be able to live the life that glorifies God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. 29. 29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Hold on, we go to the verse 30. But look at here. God pre- no, go, hold on with the 29. I want, to, I want to show something here. God predestined even before you and I were born. And the, and the purpose for which he brought us Jesus Christ. He brought us Jesus Christ and predestined that you and I will conform to the image of his son. And that Christ will be the first born among many brethren. So First Christ, uh, Christ, you being the second Christ or the brother of Christ and the sister of Christ. But the purpose of God bringing us to Christ is that we will conform, we will become like Christ. So the journey or the Christian journey is focused at becoming like Christ. Remember in Ephesians 4, which is the second part of our, the supporting scripture of our theme, it's talking about giving us gift, ministry gift. And the purpose of those ministry gifts is to bring us to the fullness of Christ. And when the Bible talks about the fullness of Christ, it's about being like Christ in spirit, being like Christ in, in, in your soul, and being like Christ in your body. So that when you have gone achieve the maturity in spirit, soul, and body, then you can begin to manifest the glory of God as Christ did. So the focus of the Christian journey is what? To conform to Christ. What does it mean to conform to Christ? To do things like the way Christ did it. To relate with the Father like the way Christ related with the Father. Christ raised, uh, God rose Christ from dead. So we conforming to Christ, when we die, we are also going to be raised up by the Father. And then we will carry on the new, um, I mean, the, 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 the resurrected body and then become like Christ in heaven. So the focus of the Christian journey is that you and I will conform to Christ. Go to the verse 30. Verse 30. Verse 30. Moreover, whom he predestined, this he also called. Whom he called, this he also justified. And whom he justified, this he also glorified. Looking at the tenses that is being used here, all of them are past tense. It's not future. They have been done. Justification has been, you were called, you have been, you were justified, and you have been glorified. Wow. Why, why did God do this? That you and I will be able to conform like Jesus. 
to, to become like Jesus Christ. We are justified that we will be able to conform to become like Christ. We have been called to be able to conform like Jesus Christ. And we have been glorified. It's past. We are not going to be glorified. The glorification has already been done. So if you and I are not experiencing the glory, then it is up to you and I to sit down and analyze and, and think and ask questions. Why is it that I have been glorified but I'm not experiencing the glory? Because not until you and I see the problem at stake, we'll not be able to solve it and experience the glory. Praise the Lord. And remember that he said the purpose is for us to conform to Christ. The glorification, the justification, all those things will take place when we have been able to be conformed to Christ. There's a scripture, I think, in, 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 in the psalm where it says, Zion shall experience the glory when Zion grows. So all those glory that we're supposed to walk in will not take place until we have come to the fullness of Christ in our spirit, in our soul, uh, which, is, which is our, our mind, control by our mind, and in our body. How we, talk, we use our mouth, how we use our eyes, how we use our hands, we make our hands to be an instrument for God. Not until that has been, that we have come unto that, that level. Praise the Lord. So it shows how you, Jesus Christ, becomes an, a guide for you and I in this Christian journey. And what you need to do, what we need to work on, to be able to experience what the Father has promised. Because if the, we don't conform to Christ, the glorification will not see that. We have been justified. He did it. We didn't do it. He did it. He did all those things. And he's given it to us that we will conform like Christ. Remember that in First Peter, we just read that he did all those. He rose up Christ to give us an example. So that when you look at the resurrection of Christ, it will give us faith in our relationship with him, the Father. We know that if we did it in Christ, then... That is an example for me that he can do it in my life. Praise the Lord. So, we're looking at Christ being a guide to us. And now, Hebrews are from this scripture. He said that God is going to use the great shepherd, Jesus the great shepherd, to, uh, to give us ways, to give us guidance, to give us examples, to, 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 to do it for us. That through what he has done, he will equip us to come to a level that will be pleasing God just as he, Christ, was pleasing God. So the, we, we, the last time we learned that Christ equipped us in the spirit. But today, what I want us to pay attention quickly is the mind of Christ in possession. The role of the mind of Christ in possession. Because I see that to be able to do something, you need a mindset for that. There's nothing you can do if you don't have a mindset for that thing. So if you are thinking about possessing, then we need the mind that is able to possess. And like I said, Christ is the, as a, the best example to look at when you're talking about somebody who has been able to possess his world. So like God going to use Christ to teach us, I want us to go to Christ and begin to follow his path, follow his examples and see the, what kind of mindset that he had that enabled him to possess. If you're able to see the mind of Christ, then it tells you that the kind of mindset that you and I need to be working in to be able to see possession come to reality in our life. 
Hallelujah. Because Christ is the perfect one that has been able to do it. And if you're able to learn from him and do the same thing, we will see the results that he, did, he saw. Hallelujah. So here, we're looking at the mind of because when your soul is, you have, you have it in your soul and your mind don't have it, one will strike the other. Praise the Lord. So this Christian journey, you'll be surprised like we read in Romans 8, the calling has been done, the justification has been done in Christ, the glorification has been done. So the question is, why are we not experiencing it? And even when it comes to the mind of Christ, let's look at, I think, um, 1 Corinthians 2, 16. Even with the mind of Christ, the scripture says we still have that mind. He's not going to give it to us. He, was, he has already given it to us. 1 Corinthians 2, 16. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 2, 16. We still have that mind. He's not going to give to us. I want us to see what Christ did that we are not doing, and for that matter, we are not experiencing him, or we are not possessing, we are not experiencing the glory, or we are not able to possess until we come to his mind. For whom he has known, the, for who has known the mind of, Lord, of the Lord, that he may instruct him. But we do what? We have the mind of Christ. Did he say we are going to have the mind of Christ? In some time when Jesus comes, is that what the scripture is saying? No. He says we have the mind of Christ when? Now. Are we going to have the mind of Christ tomorrow? We have the mind of Christ now. And I believe there's another scripture in First John that, that says, in this world we are like Christ. I remember one time, one of, is it William or Benesla, he asked me, was Christ white? So why we say we are like Christ if Christ was white and we are black? <laughs> why are we like Christ? Hallelujah. So, we have the mind of Christ now. But how come we are not experiencing the mind of Christ? Because what we have to pay attention is that it is one thing having the mind of Christ. And it's another thing benefiting from the mind of Christ that you have. Hallelujah. So you can be a Christian and have the mind of Christ and have no benefit from that mind that you have. You can be a Christian having everything from heaven in you and not benefit from that heaven. Why? Because when you receive Christ, you, your, your mind didn't change. Your spirit changed, but your mind never changed. But you have the mind of Christ in your spirit. So not until you, the mind of Christ jumps itself up into your brain, your mind, you will not be able to experience or have any benefit out of that mind of Christ, which is already in you. Hallelujah. So we're looking at the, 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 the focus of the Christian journey is looking at you, you now working on your mind. Working on your mind with everything that you read from the scripture. With Christ as your, as your examples. Looking at how Christ did his things and looking at the results that happened from what he did and letting that teach your mind how you are supposed to live in your life based on that example. Are we together? So we have the mind of Christ, 
But this morning, wonder, what I want us to find out is that why we are not experiencing the mind of Christ. And, as, uh, 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 and another thing I want us to look, see is that Christ never moved out of the Father. So quickly, let's look at the mind of Christ and then, and then we, 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 we will see what, what, what we, you and I have to learn. The mind of Christ. John chapter 14, verse 13, quickly. Let's look at the mind of Christ. We are working on conforming to the mind of Christ so that our spirit and what is in our spirit will be able to come out in our mind and be able to please the Father. We'll be able to glorify the Father like Christ. John chapter 14, verses 13. We're looking at the mind of Christ. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified. Look at the, 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 the mind of Christ in this scripture. That the Father may be glorified. So the reason why he answers your prayer is that the Father will be glorified in your life. That the Father will be glorified. John 15, 7. Let's establish that thought. Bible says in the mouth of two or three shall be established. John chapter 15, verse 7 and 8. We want to look at the mind of Christ. We have seen here the mind of Christ was about the Father. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. Verse 8. By this who the Father is glorified. That you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So, the purpose of Christ intervening for God to do whatever you ask before the Father, to do to, to, for the Father to do it for you, is that what? That the Father will be glorified. We were looking at a mindset to possess. Remember, I want to put attention to that. And we see, using Christ as an example, to see the, the, the mindset that Christ walked in that enabled him to possess. We want to learn from that. And here we see the mind of Christ here was what? About the Father. Glorifying the Father. Everything Christ did, he said he did it with the mind on the Father. The purpose was to glorify the father. When they brought a woman who had been in adultery and they wanted to cast stone on him, I, I thought about why he, he took time before answering the, the people. But what spoke to me? Why Christ took time? Maybe I need to check the context. I'm just, I'm just taking a picture out of it. But what spoke to me was that, was he thinking about what the father has for this woman? And get an answer to speak to the one. That's why he was quiet. Because Christ never spoke until he had the in mind of the, the Father in his mind. The mindset of Christ. He never did anything until he had the Father in his mind. Everything he did, the Father, the Father. Lazarus died. They come to him. He brought sicknesses to him. He says, 
that this sickness is not going to kill this, but, but for, the, for the Father to hurt, to be glorified. For the Father to be glorified. So the mindset of Christ that enabled him to accomplish or possess on earth was all about the Father. And I asked myself, why is it that he never went away from that mindset? And what God spoke to me, and in fact, I, I'm, I, I, I'm learning for God to develop me in, in that, is that remember that whatever gets into your mind is what creates a mindset for you. We get it, right? Everything, whatever gets into your mind is what creates a mindset for you. So to, to be able to ask Christ who has come like a, in, the, in the image of human, human being and being like us with flesh and everything just as we experience, for him to be able to make a difference, he has to have a mindset that is different from the people that live on earth. If my mindset is the same as your mindset, I cannot make any difference in your life. Are we together? But if my, I have a mindset that can do things better than you, you desire to learn from me. Are we together? So Christ, we look at Christ, ask why Christ never get out of the Father. Why is that his mind was always on the Father? And what, thought, what I learned was that for him to be able to make a difference on this earth, he has to have a different mindset. And the only way to have a different mindset is to have the mind of the Father. So when they have the Father in his mind, or whatever he wants to do to glorify, is to, for, to glorify the Father, then the Father will be able to give him a, a, a new a, a mind, a mindset to accomplish his things. A mindset that is different from all human beings on earth. Because at that time, he has become like you and I. Thinking evil, thinking crazy, doing all those things. He had that nature of the flesh. So the only thing to be able to let him do things different is to have the father in mind. And when he has the father in mind, Christ, uh, the father will be able to create him a mindset that will make him do two things different. And as he do things different, he will be different from the people on earth. And the glory that, of the father that comes out of him will begin to pull people to him. So remember that at any, any moment in time, and before Christ initiated anything to do, he, he mentioned the father. He mentioned the father. And as he had the father in mind, the father also gave him a mindset to do things. And the, when Christ planted the mindset of God, the results that came out of that begin to bring him a return. So Christ never went possessing people. He went glorifying the Father. He went out with the Father in mind. That was his mindset. And as he went out with the Father in mind, there was a glory, there was a resource that came out with that mindset. And that mindset showed the people around that, what kind of wisdom does this man have? What kind of person is the person that speaks to calm the storm? What kind of a person is the person that raises death? We have not seen that person before. And out of that father's mindset in him, he began to draw people to him. It enabled Jesus to possess his world. Look at how Jesus did it. He went with the father in mind. He went with the father in mind. And the returns was possessing the world. He possessed with the world with the father 
in mind. Look at the mindset. The father in mind. Child of God, this morning I want us to look at the mindset. The, if we have a mindset of the father. You are about to do something wrong. And all of a sudden, the father comes to your mind. Check how that will change your mindset. Have you ever practiced, experienced that? You are about to say something wrong. You are about to respond in a situation. And all of a sudden, the father comes to your mind. The father now creates to you a new mindset. And that mindset will enable you to do things right, things different. And people don't understand why you're able to act like that. And the next time they come to you, I want to follow you to church. How, what have you done? You have possessed that small world of yours. How did it happen when you had the Father in mind? As you learn from Christ, how Christ possesses his world by having the Father in mind. And with the Father in mind, the Father created a mindset for him. This morning, what God wants to bring our attention is how we can have a mindset that possess. We don't have the mindset ourselves. We don't have it ourselves. We don't have the truth ourselves. We always, in fact, want to act crazy. We want to respond to us before we respond to us. But the only thing that will help us make the difference is when there is, it comes into our mind to glorify the Father. To glorify the Father. If you're about to do something wrong and wait and let these thoughts come to you, how do I glorify the Father? Check how you're gonna do you're gonna help you do things different. Check how it's gonna help you do it different. The holiness that you are struggling with, think about how do I glorify the Father in this person's life? How do I glorify the Father? Intervene in this person's life by glorifying the Father. Check that at the end of the day, the 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 the, the, the things, the deeds doesn't become about you, it becoming about somebody else. And at the end of the day, as you manifest the Father, you create a return. You create a world that has never been experienced. And that world brings a return to you. So when they are looking for somebody at work to take a position, they are looking for somebody who, can, who carries wisdom. They are looking for somebody who can do things and see results. Now they see that example in you. And they come for you. And you go there, you begin to influence them with the thoughts of the Father that they have not experienced. What are you doing? You are possessing your world with the mind of Christ. And what is the mind of Christ? The Father. Not me, not you, the Father. So when the situation comes, all you think about, the Father. When you're about to do something that does not please the, the God, all you think about the Father. And if the Father will always come into your mind, guess what? The Father will take you to places that you cannot go there by yourself. Somebody who are here who is pursuing a dream, you want to get be a millionaire, get everything in the world. Think about the fact that you have in mind that you want to be a millionaire so you can use that money to establish a TV station, an FM station, uh, an orphanage center to glorify God. Think about if you have this mindset and how God will also direct and guide you for this mindset to come up, to, 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 
to, to, to, to be established. And not only that, you'll be surprised that you are only being an instrument to plant a seed. And when you get there, when you have established the TV station, you have established the, the orphanage center, the FM station, God will bring other people to get that vision accomplished. And sad, somebody who didn't have anything now, with the father in mind, the father has been able to direct your path with the minds, his mindset. And now you are at a place where you have become somebody who is impacting the world. How did it happen? The father in mind. If we had the father in mind on our finances, our money would be used different. When God wants you to do something as an instrument, as his hand, with your money, and the father is in your mind, and you are not in your mind, you'll be able to act in obedience very easy. Hallelujah. So, if we're learning to possess the world, Christ being our best example, and how did Christ did it? The Father. The Father in mind. That the glorified, he answered your prayer, that you, the Father will be glorified. He raised the dead, that the Father will be glorified. He did everything, that the Father will be glorified. So, Bible says, do all your things, that the Father will be glorified. I want us to see the, the mindset that we're supposed to have to be able to experience what we call a real Christian life. So when you go to God in prayer, your prayer will not become so much of accent, but it becomes a self-examination to check. Am I in my own glorification, possessing my own things to glorify myself, or I'm doing things that the Father will be glorified? And if you want the right mindset to do things, then it has to, the focus, attention has to be on the Father so that the Father will be able to give you a guidance. The Father will be able to give you the right mindset. The Father will be able to give you the right direction to do it. But it comes when you give reference to the Father. And the glory that we talk about, that we're supposed to walk in, comes as we conform to Christ. As we conform to how Christ did it is. And all that Christ did was what? To, to glorify the Father. He didn't go around looking for the thing. He glorified the Father. And in the, in the returns, that glorification brought to him. What we are doing is that we are going after the things without what it takes to bring the returns to us. Look at the mistake that we're doing. We're going after the results without the mindset that it takes to bring the returns to us. But Christ went in the right way. And this morning, if we want to possess, then it is necessary to learn from Christ how he did his thing. It is necessary to have the right mindset to possess. So that when you take the mic and you are worshiping, and the Father comes into your mind, Guess what an anointing that will flow out of you to the people. If the mind doesn't come onto you about how much you're able to sing, or how anointed you are to lay hands for somebody to get up, or how much tongues you're able to pray, but your, your mindset becomes the father intervening in the people. Anytime I take my, what I tell myself, I, I tell myself is that God, if all these people here will be able to have your mind, 
guess what you can accomplish to us? And when I am able to position myself that way, I feel an anointing come out of me that is not of me. I'm not of myself. So, child of God, I want to, I want to bring you to a, a place where you can live a life unstoppable. Hallelujah. People will see you and understand why you are doing those things. Circumstance will be crazy, but the Bible says you have a spirit, a quiet spirit. When you talk about gentleness, and I, I, I don't understand why they call men to be only gentle, but it's good that the Bible also describes women to have a quiet spirit, which is equivalent to gentleness, because gentleness is having strength in control. Having strength in control. So that things will not over, overtake you, things will not move you, but the Father in mind will begin to let you do things that, despite what's around you, around you, those things cannot impact you. Praise the Lord. And if you want to possess, then you and I need this kind of mindset. Or else, possessing will be very difficult for us. Hallelujah. Let's quickly look at First Peter 1, 23. I have some few minutes and I'll bring my message to the end. First Peter chapter 1, 23 and 24. First Peter 1, 23 and 24. No, before that, just, just, uh, oh, you, you go ahead and, and then we will look at Philippians 2, 5. First Peter chapter 1, 23 and 24. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. 24. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withers and it falls and falls away. Talking about, uh, go so that you know, 25. When the Bible talks about the, the flesh being used in this context, 25. 25. But the word of God is the Lord of the Lord endureth forever. Now this is the word which we preach to you by the gospel. Uh, by the gospel. So you're talking about um, flesh being something that is away from the word of God. Opposite from the word of God. When you use the word flesh over here. And then the 20, 23, go back to 23, go back to 23 very quickly. We are being born again, not of what? Corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which abideth forever. And this is what I thought, why I asked Jesus Christ, why he never, he was never moved by his environment, but he always had the father in mind. And when I look at this scripture, it gave me an illustration that I want to show you something about that. Edda, please, there's something. Edda, give me that stuff in your back. Why Jesus Christ never moved away from the Father. This morning, I brought you my drinking cup. Can I get a place to put it? Just hold it for me here. You're talking about why Jesus Christ was never moved away from the Father, the Father's word. So, the word is incorruptible seed. Okay. So, for me, I have this cup here. And this cup, I have an orange in, in the cup. Close it. I have the orange here. I need an orange. And somebody told me there's an orange in this cup. And when I went into the cup, there's nothing in here. For that matter, I was not able to get any orange. 
because there was nothing in here. Are we together? Okay. Let's look at another cup. This cup, I don't see what is in the cup, but somebody told me there's an orange in that cup. So go and take that orange. So when I went, I opened the cup. Give me that orange. I got an orange. The first one, since there was no orange, I went to the cup and I didn't have any orange. Are we together? The second one, I had orange because the orange was already in the cup. Are we together? And that is why I was able to have orange. So, the joy, the goodness that you had, that you experienced, or the breakthrough that you have, what I want to tell you is that if the word didn't have that mango, you wouldn't have received that mango in manifestation. Are we together? The only way we experience the manifestation is that it already existed in the cup. Because in the first situation, since there was nothing in the cup, I didn't get no orange. But now I have orange because the mango or the orange already existed in the cup. Hallelujah. So, likewise, spiritually, the word being a seed already carries whatever it offers to you. And all the blessings that you, you and I have experienced are a testimony that I was able to have orange. So the only way, uh, the only um, proof that this cup, to trust this cup or the content of this cup is because this cup already had that orange. Or else I wouldn't have had an orange. Hallelujah. So when you went to God and prayed and you experienced that, you had that answer. The only way you had answer, that answer is because that word already had the answer. Are we together? If the word don't have the answer, like the empty cup, you go to the word and, and you don't have the breakthrough for your prayer. So you and I have a testimony about the content of the word. That the word carry what it says it carry, and that is why you and I experience it. Because in a situation where the cup don't have anything, we will not give anything for it. So the proof that the word already has it is that I have experienced it. Praise the Lord. Are we together with that? So Bible says that the seed of God it carries whatever is incorruptible and carries whatever it, 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 it promises for you. So when you're looking for something, you don't need to see it. Because if, if, if there's no way a fruit can come out with, without having a seed for the fruit. Are we together with that? If we don't plant a seed, there's no way to get a fruit. So for us to get a, a, a fruit, it means the seed already has it. So when I get a seed, I don't need to wait to see the fruit. But I can know that I have the, the fruit in the seed. Together. When I have the, the, the mango seed, I know I can plant. The, mango, the seed already carries a, a potential to bring out a mango. So I don't need to see the fruit. All I need is to have the seed. And when I have the seed, it tells me that I have the potential for the fruit. Because if the seed don't have it, there's no way I can have the fruit. Just as the cup, the first cup didn't have it, I didn't have any fruit. The second cup had the, mango, the, the orange, and that is why I was to have a fruit. So it means that when the cup is the seed, 
and it carries the orange, it always has the fruit, even though I don't see it. Are we together? So Jesus Christ never had to see what he wanted before he trusted the Father. All he needed is that when I have the seed of the word, and as much as a seed can produce a fruit, and as much as we never get a fruit without having a seed, and if a seed can give me a fruit, then he was never moved away from the seed. All he needed to do is to get the seed of the word. The word as the seed. And when I have the word, he had the fruit. Because the word as a seed already carried the seed. I already carried the fruit, the potential for the fruit. All he needed to do is to plant the word. So Christ, in the midst of a dead body like Lazarus, was not moved by what was surrounding them. All he was moved was the father has said concerning death. Christ in the midst of lack, five loaves of bread and two fishes, and thousands of people, was not concerned about the lack. Bible says when he received the five loaves of bread, two fishes and five loaves of bread, he lifted it up and did what? He gave thanks. I ask myself, how do you give thanks when you don't have something? That can only take place except when you know that in the seed of the word, I already have the supply for the 5,000. And that is the only thing that made Christ give thanks in the midst of lack. And the mindset of the Father, that the mindset of Christ is that the Father's word has an abundance to supply these people. So when he lifted up that two loaf of bread, five loaves of bread and two fishes, he gave thanks even before he saw the results. Knowing that the seed already has the results. So when he has when the what, when he has what the father has said, then he is always gonna possess. Then he is confident that he will always get the fruits because the seed already carries the fruit. So no wonder Christ was never moved out of the Father because the Father is the one that created all things. So if he created all things, he has the potential to recreate anything that is missing again. So when he stood on the Father, he was not moved. And this morning, I want us to have a mindset that will not be moved. The mindset that will not be moved is the mindset that thinks like Christ. And what is the mindset of Christ? The Father. What is the mindset of Christ? The Father. The Father has said it. And his word is the seed. And the seed carries the fruit. And when in the midst of, 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 uh, of thousand people, he, man, he, he stood on the seed. And the seed came out. And the people that saw the glory, and the people that saw the miracle, uh, ended up returning to God. How did Christ do it? He had the Father in mind. That created a mindset not to look at what is around him, but a mindset that glorified the Lord. And the mindset brought out the glory, and that glory started bringing return to him. Look at the, the, the progression of how you process his world. And this is what God wanted to, uh, you and I to come this morning. If we want to possess our world, how to possess our world? In doing it the way Christ did it. He gave us Christ that we will have an example to know how to do it. And this morning, this is how, God, how Christ did it. The Father. 
In the midst of the trouble, he talked about the Father. In the midst of challenge, he said the Father. In the midst of luck, he said the Father. In the midst of everything, he said the Father. And this morning, I want that to be your language. And this morning, I want that to be your thought. And if the Father is in your thought, you can stay holy in the midst of anything that is attracting you. If the Father is your thought, the Father will direct you and bring you out of any hole that you find yourself. Glory that come to you will bring you a promotion, and when you get to that promotion, you begin to influence that path with the mindset of the fathers. And there go you, God, being an instrument to possess the world. The father, this morning, let your mind be on how the father can change your mindset, how the father can change your mindset, how the father can change your mindset. How the Father can change your mindset. If you want to live successfully, how you cannot go away from the mind of Christ. How He given us Christ that you and I will be perfected in our soul, in our spirit, and our body. We'll be able to think right. And the right thought will develop us and bring us.